and welcome back to the All Around Access podcast. Now, uh, you might notice something a little bit different today. My co-host, Dom, isn't with me, but I do have someone else here that I'm going to be chatting to. Um, Lynn Hutchison um, represented Great Britain for several years um, as a rhythmic gymnast, um, medaled at the 2010 uh, Commonwealth Games for England and represented Team GB at the London 2012 Olympic Games. She's now an elite rhythmic coach and I am delighted to welcome her on the podcast. Lynn, welcome. How are you doing? Hi, I'm good. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. That's okay. I'm, I know it's quite a busy time for you at the moment, so um, thanks for taking the time out to chat to us. So we're going to cover a few different topics today. Um, we're going to look ahead to the Rhythmic European Championships um, following the team announcement last week. Um, we'll also touch on um, a great artistic European Championships um, and for the team and also touch on a little bit about the Olympic Games that are obviously going to take place this summer. Um, I also caught up with Lindsay Marsh, who is the Performance Lifestyle um, Advisor for the sorry for the English Institute of Sport she works with several of the British gymnasts um, we're going to be releasing this episode during mental health awareness week so um, we sat down and talked all things mental well-being but firstly Lynn um, it's been um, a little while since you retired from competing so how's the transition been from gymnast to uh, to coach and what made you get into coaching um, I think the initial transition was really smooth because I was already coaching alongside my training um, towards the end of my career. Um, I'd say in the last few years, it's become a lot more challenging because I'm doing it full time. And I've been lucky enough to be in a role where I can help the national team. And um, I'm also part of the England national coaching team. So the responsibilities are much bigger and keeps me very busy. Um, I'm learning more and more all the time as I do the job and um, yeah I just I guess I'm still at the beginning of this journey I've got a long way to go and um, looking forward to seeing how the sport develops over the next few years. Brilliant yeah and I imagine obviously the last year um, for coaches and gymnasts alike has been it's been quite tough but with, with them events obviously returning to the calendar now um, how good is it to see um, potentially some events and co some competitions happening? Yeah, it's been, it's definitely been a long way. Uh, we've done some events online. We've been doing some online competitions. Even during the lockdown, we did some competitions from our living rooms uh, just to keep <laughs> that positive like feeling going in the athletes because ultimately we train to compete. So not having that competition part of um, your training is just such a big part missing. So we're really looking forward to getting back out, going to competitions very soon and hopefully that will continue um, with less disruption after that. Yeah, that's really interesting. I was going to touch on that. You've obviously been really active um, with your gymnasts on Zoom um, throughout all of the mm -hmm. lockdowns. Um, I was going to ask you if you learned anything new, but actually competitions, how did you manage that on a, on a Zoom with rhythmic operators and how, how did that work? Yeah, we had to get really creative uh, during the lockdown. Uh, my rhythmic group, actually addition in the first lockdown, they all came together and they did some really cool effects with their cameras and things. Obviously, <laughs> with the timing on Zoom, it's quite difficult to stay in time just because of the delays with connection and things like that. But they really used some really effective ways of like using the cameras and they were kind of coming in from one side, coming up from underneath, <laughs> like covering the camera with their apparatus and they made it really effective and they actually won that competition for their creativity. Um, but we've also done some events like from our gym uh, where you just do your routine 
routine and rather than being judged by a live panel of judges they're judging you on youtube or through zoom or something like that so it's definitely been a different experience but it's been really valuable to be able to do that otherwise we wouldn't have had any competitive experience at all over the last few months yeah it sounds like quite a lot of fun and maybe you also brought them together maybe as a team a little bit more yeah definitely it was a good way for the especially for group a uh, big aspect of that is the team and the friendship and the bond between them so having to train alone for however many months it was was really challenging but um they were definitely keeping in touch every day via zoom and other social media texting things like that and they were really really happy when they were reunited it was it's really a nice moment to see them all back together again and allowed to exchange their apparatus and do collaborations and things like that it's really nice that they are able to do that now yeah definitely it's great to see the gymnasts starting to get back into the gyms so over the last uh, couple of days the team has been announced for the 2021 uh, rhythmic european championships that's going to be taking place in bulgaria in june um named in the team is the group that you coach at iStar academy so how exciting is that for you gymnasts to obviously be going to a european championships but also to have a competition an actual competition to prepare for yeah it's a lot of exciting news in one go um i think first just to be able to go to a competition uh we really like appreciate the value of that now because it's been something that we haven't been able to do for so long um and then the fact that it's a european championships is a massive achievement for all of the girls in the team they're very young and they're still quite inexperienced it's their first competition representing great britain as seniors they've never done that before only as juniors for some of them so that's a massive deal as well and also the last time great britain had a group uh, out at internationals for seniors was when i was in the group so that was back in 2012 so it's been a long break great britain haven't been on the international circuit for almost 10 years so it's quite a big deal for group for the group discipline in the uk right now and we're really proud to have been selected and to make that step and hopefully we're now showing what pathway the group pathway in the uk can take you on so for all the um young kids out there who are doing their espoir groups and junior groups that if they work really hard um ultimately they can work towards representing their country in a group um at major competitions like europeans yeah it's fabulous um it's really great like you say for young gymnasts to aspire to obviously a lot of them will also um compete maybe potentially in the individual um competitions what's the difference between you know what are the challenges of being part of a group as opposed to being an individual i think the the most obvious thing for the spectators is that there's five operators so there's more chance to drop um <laughs> because there's five pieces of equipment um it takes a lot of repetition for individuals you have to practice a lot but for group you have to do like similar moves but all at the same time and everyone has to catch so it is a lot of training a lot of repetition a lot of working on those details the timing the formations um just to choreograph a group routine takes a lot of brain power and um even choreographing an individual routine is hard but a group routine you know it can take months to get the final product we just keep changing something here and there and as the girls get better they get faster and then gaps start to appear in the routine which you don't have to fill mm -hmm. and the difficulty is open-ended now so we're just cramming that difficulty in as much as possible so it's kind of open-ended the choreography process it never really ends i'm always adding a little bit tweaking bits and changing stuff um and that that process never ends really with group which is it's a good thing but it's also it's quite challenging as well 
Yeah, that's, that's really interesting just to hear all the kind of the intricacies of what you have to do um, as a group. So obviously you've got the European Championships coming up. What what are your preparations going to look like um, from now until then? Uh, so we have a preparation camp uh, with the team. It's been really nice to be able to do um, national squad training camps over the last few months. And despite the lockdown, uh, that's been a really um, helpful thing for the girls and for us as well to be able to have the nice facilities of Lillashaw and train face-to-face uh, -face with the gymnasts and get together with the team and feel that um, that team atmosphere going into events is really important. Um, and then, yeah, just lots of training. It's it's a very unique experience this time because uh, of COVID, we haven't had any warm-up competitions. The only warm-up events we've had are online. So it's going to be really challenging for the girls having had such a long break away from competition and they are not so experienced anyway this is kind of the start of their journey so uh whatever happens out there i'm just i just know that this is the first step of the journey and um i hope that they'll get more opportunities afterwards to build on whatever they do at this um first major championships that they're attending yeah so they, i mean they may have um not as much experience but obviously they've got a coach like yourself who does um which is fabulous um we've obviously got the commonwealth games um in birmingham next year which has come around really quickly um having medals as a gymnast um what would it be like to be a coach on home soil next year um yeah i mean any home games whether it's olympics or commonwealth games is really special uh, I also competed in Glasgow 2014, so although it was um, Scotland, still very close to home, and um, I think it's it's going to be very exciting. It's 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 coming around very quickly, which is hard to believe because of all the everything that's gone on with COVID. But um, I think when you really think about it and think that this is happening next year, it's going to be a home crowd. Um, it's going to be really special, and I think that's something that really motivates us to keep going and to keep training hard and to make that experience as good as possible um, for for the gymnasts. Um, but yeah, we'll be very proud to um, be there as a coaching team. We've made a lot of um, changes in the last few years with the England program, uh, myself and Laura leading the program. And I think we've tried to really incorporate some new things, you know, um, looking at things from a more psychological aspect and really getting that team spirit, team building together with the gymnasts and the personal coaches. So I think that has been making a difference and I hope that will show uh, when the games come next year. Yeah, definitely. Um, and for those listening, obviously we've just spoken about trying to get back into competitions and you know, the, people have not had many chances and opportunities. What would your advice be, obviously as a, a top former gymnast and as, and as a high level coach, um, what would your advice be for anyone returning to the competition floor for the first time in a, in a, in a little while? I think it's just to remember um, how much it means to you. Uh, I think we didn't appreciate how much, how valuable competitions are until we didn't have the chance to compete anymore. And of course, it's really easy to get overwhelmed, to become very nervous and maybe put a lot of pressure on yourself or even not just, just feel unprepared because it's been so long, but a lot of yeah. people are in the same position. So don't be too hard on yourself. I think it also really helps to kind of get ready to compete again so as most gymnasts have like some rituals and routines that they do you know getting the leotards ready getting the for rhythmic we have to make sure all of our apparatus is like taped up and ready to go and 
having your toe shoes and your hair and makeup routine, all of that kind of stuff. If you're prepared with all of that, you kind of start to feel like you're ready to compete. And I think that's one step that you can do without even being in the gym. So when the time comes and when the competition is confirmed, you're already ready to go and you don't have to start panicking and being like, oh, well, I've grown so much in lockdown because a lot of the younger gymnasts, they've grown so much over the last year and the leotards might not fit them anymore. So just make sure you're competition ready. And then when it comes, um, just enjoy it. Yeah, definitely. I, it's great advice there. And I think one of the main points as well is, is knowing that you're not alone um, and, and everybody, yeah. even obviously your top gymnasts are still having to get used to that. So that's great. So looking ahead then um, for the Europeans, um, we've also obviously got the individual event. Um, so competing, we've got Marfa Ekimova, we've got Gemma Frizzell and Alice Leeper. Um, for those listening, um, what can they expect to see from the British uh, gymnasts at these championships? Uh, I think the individual squad is really varied and we've got three very different gymnasts. Um, Gemma is the most experienced one. Uh, she has got Commonwealth Games and a World Championships under her belt. She's a really exciting gymnast to watch. She's very dynamic and dramatic on the floor and she throws sky high and does a lot of things underneath, a lot of tricks. I mean, all the girls are doing a lot of tricks now because it's so important to get there difficulty scores up and then you've got Martha she's the youngest she's just come up from junior level she's got a really exciting future ahead of her and um her routines are jam-packed with lots of things she's super speedy on the floor so uh, blink and you'll miss something from her um and then you've got Alice she's uh super solid consistent hard-working gymnast um again she's got loads of stuff crammed in her routine she's very good with the club she's got so many small tricks big throws and things like that that you can look out for so i'm really looking forward to like as a team how each one is going to bring something different to the table and hopefully they'll post a good score as a team together brilliant well that's a great insight so it's going to be an exciting um championships we can't wait for it as well as the uh, rhythmic team announcement um this week the british team is also just about to be announced for the acrobatic world championships um at the time of recording this it hasn't been announced yet but keep checking the british gymnastics website um for all of the latest news on who has made the team So as some of you may know, um, this week is Mental Health Awareness Week. Um, Lindsay Marsh is a performance lifestyle advisor for the English Institute of Sport. She works closely with some of the British gymnasts and I caught up with her earlier to find out a little more about her role and to discuss all things mental well-being. Hi, Lindsay. Um, thank you so much for joining us at the All Around Access podcast. How are you doing? Good, thank you. How are you? Good, not too bad. Thanks for asking. So, as you know, um, we're releasing this during Mental Health Awareness Week, um, and I'm delighted to have the chance to catch up with you. Um, firstly, just um, for our listeners, can you talk us through your role at um, the English Institute of Sport? Yep. So, um, my role is performance lifestyle, um, and the perfect purpose of performance lifestyle is to provide a holistic approach to athlete support um, so supporting their personal and lifestyle needs around their sporting ambitions whilst also empowering athletes to engage in activity which allows them to grow as people as well as performers the service delivers both via workshops and immersive learning and through a coaching mentoring approach in one-to-one -one sessions with athletes 
um, performance lifestyle offers expertise in five key pillars those being managing transitions career development education personal and professional development and supporting well-being as an athlete moves on to through and out of the world-class program Within this, there's naturally a big focus on working proactively to ensure athletes are looking towards and planning for the future beyond their time as an elite gymnast, aiming for the transition to be as smooth as possible um, and for the gymnast to continue to enjoy as much success beyond their sporting career as they have throughout it. Wow, so um, so a lot of support there um, for yourself. Um, that sounds really, really fascinating and it's great to hear that athletes have that support behind them um, because we know a lot of focus goes into the sport itself, but um, there's an awful lot of things that come along with that. So um, it's really interesting to hear. Does your role, obviously, it fits in with other roles, I'm guessing, with the EIS. Are there other different roles that sit around it that support the athletes? Yeah, so the Performance Lifestyle team works collaboratively collaboratively with coaches and support staff as part of the integrated multi multidisciplinary team um, and we work to minimize potential concerns conflicts and distractions all of which can be detrimental to both performance and personal life performance mm -hmm. lifestyle can impact on and cross over with a number of different disciplines within the english institute of sport most commonly psychology and medical as part of the mental health support space um, the service therefore works with the whole of the sports science and medicine team to provide and input a performance lifestyle view where appropriate, both proactively through education sessions and workshops and sometimes reactively where multidisciplinary support is required to give the athlete um, the holistic support they need for their well-being and performance. Um, we meet regularly as a whole team to kind of share our thoughts, ideas to best support the gymnast development. So we're quite lucky in that we work very closely as a team together. Oh, fabulous. Yeah. And so it, you really see there the team behind the team. A lot of people talk about um, that that a lot, don't they, when they when they celebrate themselves and what they, the success they've had. So um, it's great to hear how much is going on behind the scenes. And obviously there's a lot of hard work that goes into that. What are the what are the challenges um, that you've perhaps come across in the sport of gymnastics? Um, I think with gymnastics being an early maturation sport, um, many of the gymnasts are engaged with education whilst they're working towards their key performances within the sport. Um, as you can imagine, this can be a very challenging time for an individual um, working towards significant competitions whilst also trying to achieve in their exams. Um, not only is it challenging from a practical perspective in terms of managing a lot of things at once and learning to prioritise, um, but equally with multiple potential high stress events in a short space of time, um, it can be difficult to maintain positive mental health and wellbeing. Um, we're very much focused on gymnasts achieving their potential both within and out of the sport, um, but we understand the challenges around this. So we try to provide um, support in both minimizing those challenges, whilst also promoting a continuation in whatever form of education or personal development um, moves the gymnast closer to their goals beyond sport and provides a sense of balance to their lives. Um, to do that, we, we sometimes link with schools, colleges, universities, education providers, um, as well as working directly with the athlete. Um, being an elite gymnast takes a huge amount of time and commitment um, and personal development can often be compromised as a result of this. Um, so we try to work to put as many methods and resources in place to allow flexible and appropriate development opportunities to assist gymnasts with that and promote well-being both during their time on and beyond the world-class programme. 
Yeah, so it's great to hear that they've got that support. Um, as you say, I'm sure there's many um, young gymnasts listening today uh, that uh, they have to balance school work, um, whatever level they're doing, um, even if they're doing lots of plenty of different sports as well. So um, it's great to hear that if you're listening and that's you, you're not alone. Um, so it's looking into get that support to make sure you get a good balance. Um, how do you work with, um, how do you and the team work with gymnasts to help mental health? So I guess we work very collaboratively with psychology and medical, as, as I mentioned earlier. Um, we have a mental health working group with the purpose of promoting positive mental health um, and supporting those who do experience mental health challenges. Um, as a whole team, we work to promote the constructs of positive mental health, um, including informed choice and autonomy, a whole person approach, connection to others and giving back to self. Um, we work with athletes to develop the skills and acknowledge those skills they already have to thrive uh, both in their time on programme and beyond. Um, but where mental ill health or challenges do occur, we provide the relevant support both internally and um, through an external support of network specialists um, to ensure appropriate support and treatment is given to those who may be experiencing difficulties. Um, we invest time in building relationships with athletes so they feel comfortable in sharing the challenges they might be facing um, and a safe space in which to discuss how they feel they might best approach these challenges. Um, and in addition, we work with both the athlete and ambassadors um, and the athlete rep group to help athletes discuss um, in their own space their views on a range of topics and potential solutions they see that would help them in both performance and well-being terms. So hopefully all those things kind of work to promote kind of positive mental health within the environment, within the athletes. Yeah, it sounds like, again, um, another a great amount of support um, from the team. So obviously you mentioned and you touched on this earlier, gymnastics, uh, gymnasts sorry, can start at quite an early age, um, but you obviously, I'm guessing, work with a, a variety of different age groups. Um, how, do you, how do you work differently across those um, different age groups? So the Performance Lifestyle Service is funded to work with all athletes on the World Class Programme. Um, however, we do acknowledge the importance of introducing the concepts um, and pillars of performance lifestyle from day one on a gymnast performance pathway. So we work with the pathway team, the pathway team um, to provide age and appropriate messages and resources. Um, and as, as um, an athlete progresses through the pathway, they'll follow a series of performance lifestyle workshops, activities um, that will be tailored to help them develop the skills both for the stage of the pathway they're at um, and prepare for the next stage. At a senior level, a larger proportion of the work that we do is done through one-to-one -one sessions with gymnasts, although we do still deliver um, a range of workshops um, that are appropriate for all of the group. Um, at the core of performance lifestyle is coaching and mentoring, um, so positively challenging, encouraging and empowering athletes to formulate the best decisions um, to, um, and solutions to whatever challenges they might be facing. But given, like you say, that we work with um, such a range of ages um, and a younger population of, of athletes, we do involve and communicate with parents in, in the work that we do in performance lifestyle. Fabulous. Um, so again, um, obviously, we talked about the age groups and um, balance is needed um, with the work that they're doing in terms of the schoolwork, there's often the case with some of the younger gymnasts. Um, 
how important is it that they balance their lives outside of the gym? Because obviously, um, you know, school is one aspect, but gymnastics, um, and it's a lot of hours involved in the sport. Um, and I know a lot of the kids love being in the gym, but how do they, how is it best to balance the outside world and their outside lives? Well, it is an extremely important um, area, um, that area of balance. We know that historically athletes in many sports, not just in gymnastics, have compromised what they do outside of their sport to try and optimise their chances of success within the sport and perform at the best. Um, and in fact, this can actually do the opposite and put too much pressure on performance to the detriment of both performance and well-being. Um, balance outside of the sport can give a positive focus in, within the different activities that an athlete chooses to do out, outside of the sport um, to help optimally recover both mentally and physically um, from training and competition and maintaining that sense of perspective that promotes positive well-being and mental health. Um, as an added bonus, um, when it comes to personal development, research done um, in the area has um, found that um, engaging in personal development programs can actually enhance performance. So contrary to the popular belief of, of avoiding that, that area of work, actually engaging in it does have positive, positive impacts on performance. Um, engaging in personal development also helps prepare athletes for their transition beyond gymnastics whenever that time may come, um, which we know can be an extremely challenging time without appropriate preparation. Sure. And, um... You also work with gymnasts, just talking about that, to develop skills outside of the sport. Um, can you just explain a little bit more about that? So um, just more specifically now what those, you know, those skills might be and, and why they're so important. Yeah, so what, what we do know about every athlete's sporting career is that ultimately um, at some stage it, it will come to an end. Um, we don't always know when that will be, um, but preparing gymnasts for uh, the future throughout the duration of their time as a gymnast means that whenever that time comes, they're better prepared for it. Um, the transition out of sport, as I alluded to earlier, can be an extremely challenging one if an athlete's done no work on their personal development um, and understanding themselves as a person, their values and their identity. Um, but doing this work in a staged and bite-sized amount throughout their journey can mean they optimise their life and opportunities beyond gymnastics as well as their time on programme. Um, it is important to say that gymnasts develop a multitude of skills as an elite athlete um, that are also key life skills um, and highly sought after when it comes to many walks of employment. So while some of the work that Performance Lifestyle does is on developing new skills, some is also on reflecting on the skills that an athlete has gained um, and ensuring, ensuring that they acknowledge and can articulate these skills so that they can draw on them in a range of different experiences and environments um, and don't just associate those skills as being an athlete and don't acknowledge that that being an athlete brings with it a whole host of skills that they are naturally developing. Brill. Uh -huh. Well, thank you, um, Lindsay. It's just really fascinating to hear. We obviously see that, you know, the, the finished the finished product, as it were, with the gymnast out on the big stage competing in their routines. Um, you know, they really are superhuman. They have to balance all sorts of things. But it's so great to hear from the team, um, behind the team, as it were. Um, it sounds like you're all doing some fantastic work with the athletes. So thank you. Thanks for sharing your knowledge with us today. Um, and thanks for giving us a little bit of insight into that area. Um, and yeah, good luck with all the work you're doing moving forward with the gymnast. And thanks for joining us.
So at the start of the podcast, we talked a bit about the rhythmic European announcement. Um, we're recording this episode a couple of weeks after the Artistic European Championships took place in Switzerland. Um, just a quick recap, um, Jessica Gadarova competing at her first major championships had a brilliant week, uh, winning all around bronze before going on to win silver on vault and gold on the floor. Uh, Joe Fraser won bronze in the Pommel Horse final. Uh, Gianni Regini Moran won bronze in the vault final. And Emily Morgan won bronze in the uneven bars final. So Lynn, obviously um, it was great to see the artistic European championships on the television. Do you get to watch much of the gymnastics when it's on TV? Do you enjoy it? Yeah, it's good to see. I mean, at the moment, it's good to see any live sport back on the TV. Uh, we definitely missed that over the last few months, but it was really great to see um, the artistic team doing so well, uh, especially uh, Jessica. Um, it was it was quite emotional to see her win on floor uh, you could really see like how much it meant to her and i think all athletes can relate to that feeling of when you've worked really hard and done all the hard work behind the scenes that no one sees and when it all comes together at the right moment it's the reason why we all train so it's great to see that moment coming to life for someone yeah, definitely. It was, a, it was a really encouraging start for, for those competing. Um, and it could be a huge year for some, obviously, with the Olympic Games coming up. Um, so we're going to go back to 2012 um, and the London Olympics. So for you, um, how was it competing and what did it mean to you to compete at an Olympic Games? I think everyone dreams of complete, competing at the Olympic Games if you're doing any sport and um, something that all my friends used to ask me from a young age when I was when they knew I was a gymnast so oh are you going to the Olympics are you going to the Olympics and it was amazing just literally a few weeks before the Olympics to finally be able to say yes I am actually um, and the Olympics itself was definitely the best week of my life uh, it was it went so quickly but I remember it really well and um every part of it was so special not just the competition but you know being a part of the bigger team gb um being in the athlete village uh, having the home crowd support and just walking around london and having the whole city be so supportive and so patriotic at that time it was really a special moment for the whole country and i'm so really really grateful that i was a part of it and if you had to pick one moment, so you've just mentioned a whole host of moments there, and it sounds like an incredible experience. I'm sure our athletes can't wait. But if you had to pick one moment that just sticks out for you and that you really remember, what would that be? Definitely that moment when you're selected and um, the news is announced um, to the whole country and uh, you get your kit and you're finally accepted into that bigger team um i think team gb really make you feel a part of something bigger than just your own team within like british gymnastics say um so being a part of that bigger team you know going to the kitting out seeing all of the inspirational quotes um around and meeting the athletes who maybe have done an olympics before um it just makes you feel so many emotions and you learn so much from it and you really feel like you've got a big team and a country behind you and that's something that's really unique to the olympics it's not something that you get if you're selected for world championships or something like that so being a part of that big special team and i think i i'm biased but i do think team gb is pretty special and has a really good team spirit um that's that was one of the highlights for me one of the things that stick in my head
No, that's really nice. Um, I think obviously we just talked about Team GB, but the games this year will take place in Tokyo, um, Japan. Um, and that's a pretty um, close place to your heart, isn't it? Yeah, so I was born in Tokyo and um, half of my family lived there. I absolutely love it. London and Tokyo are my favorite cities in the world. So um, it almost feels, I guess, like a second home games, almost. Um, mm -hmm. It's a shame that it's had to be postponed because of COVID and everything, because I'm really certain that um, Japan would have done it really, really well. But I'm sure they're going to do their very best to make it a special experience for the athletes, despite everything that's going on. And I'm really looking for forward to following and supporting it. And yeah, to Tokyo and Japan are awesome places. You can't really get much more different. Um, like Japan is so different to the UK, but um, yeah, I'm excited for the world to see it. I'm excited for all the athletes to experience a bit of the Japanese culture and all the special things that it has to offer. Yeah, it's going to be incredible. So we thought, just to finish off, just for a bit of fun, uh, we wondered if you could teach, I say us, me, <laughs> our audience, um, a little Japanese. So we've got a couple of gymnastics phrases that hopefully, I don't know how easy they are. Um, so maybe let's start with rhythmic gymnastics. Okay, rhythmic gymnastics in Japanese is shin taiso. Shin taiso. Shin taiso. Does that sound right? That's a rhythmic gymnastics. Yeah. What about, okay, what about, uh, so we're going to go a couple of trampoline gymnastics. Is that similar? There's a lot of words in Japanese that are just, um, you know, taken from English. So, like, I'm pretty sure trampoline is like trampoline, but <laughs> please don't put me on that. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay, so well, what I about. I think so. Think so. What? Okay. What about finally? Um, come on, Team GB. Oh, I can do that. Um, so, come on is like gambate or gambare, and um, Team GB. You could say you could say it like, or if you say Great Britain, so igirisu. So, gambare igirisu. Gambare igirisu. Igirisu. I think that's right. Yeah. That sounds good. Ah, okay. Well, I think that was a bit of fun. Thank you for that. I think it's, um, yeah, it's great. I think it's going to be a fabulous game, like you said, in Tokyo, regardless if it's been postponed. I'm sure, like you say, they will put on an incredible show. Um, and for our athletes as well, to have an experience like you've described um, will just be um, phenomenal for them. Um, so um, thanks so much for joining us. Um, it's been really interesting to talk through. Um, can't wait for the Europeans and obviously the Olympics as well. It's less than three months away, which um, is exciting mm -hmm. for everyone involved so thanks so much for joining me it's been great to catch up if i don't speak to you before a huge good luck to you um, and your girls at the european championships um, we'd also like to say good luck to all of the gymnasts aiming to be selected for the olympics towards the end of may we should know the names of those um, that are going to compete so we'll be back then for another podcast um, but thank you lynn thanks for joining us and we'll see you all very soon thanks for listening